All right, we are back to podcast. I want you to go to 1 Samuel chapter 21. 1 Samuel chapter 21. Moving right along. When I say, and and you've probably heard me talk about it a lot or mention it a few times, that um, 1 Samuel some of my favorite chapters and stories in the Bible. Um, these chapters are what I'm talking about. There's great lessons, great teaching, great preaching. Uh, true preachers of the Bible love these, these chapters. There's so much uh, application in these texts, so much cross-reference, uh, just real, true realities in life. And this is, I've said this before, um, no doubt when David sins with Bathsheba and gets in that mess that he's in, um, that is no doubt the saddest time in David's life to me. But a far, not, not a far behind second, is this occurrence in 1 Samuel 21. It's getting to David. David is not sinning uh, in immorality with another man's wife. Um, David is not committing murder, as he will eventually, with Uriah. But it's getting to David. The pressure the fighting, the battles, the um, the stress, the worry, the fear, the conflict, the friction. It's getting to David. I can identify. It reminds me of Moses. You know, Moses was the meekest man. He was the meekest leader and Sometimes it just got to him that the people murmured and complained and bickered and fussed all the time. And so the conflict, the fighting, the stress, the fear, the worry, the running, it gets to David in this chapter. He becomes overcome with fear. He, at this point, has escaped death on several occasions. He and Jonathan are plotting and he and Michael have plotted and he's running for his life. He has run for his life for, for chapters now. He poured out his heart in Psalm 55 in the last chapter of the ache and the pain and the, and the betrayal and the anguish that he was facing now we come to 1 Samuel 21 and it finally gets to David. Finally breaks him down. Finally gets the best of him. And it's a sad scene. But, as always, he's got a friend. He's got a friend in God. He's got a friend in the priest. And so let's get into the story, and we'll also look at the parallel passage in Psalm 34. So be prepared to look in First Samuel 21, and then in the parallel Psalm 
of Psalm 34. Then came David to Nob, to Ahimelech the priest. Nob is a small town that's north of Jerusalem. Uh, It's where the sacred vessels of the tabernacle have been kept uh, by the priest and for the priesthood. And so David comes to Nob to Ahimelech the priest, and Ahimelech was afraid at the meeting of David and said, Unto him, why art thou alone and no man with thee? So David comes and Ahimelech immediately, he knows what's going on. He knows that David's on the run. I mean, it's spread throughout the land that Saul's after him. And now David's rolling up in in his place of service. And he wants to know what you're doing here. There's nobody with you. You must be running from the law. You must be running from Saul. You must be... Uh, here because you're trying to duck and dodge what's after you. And the problem with that for the priest is if they come in to get David, they're coming in for him too because he is essentially uh, housing a fugitive of justice, albeit uh, justice is loose there. It's a very loose word, but albeit false justice, it's still... A fugitive of justice, fugitive of justice, and so Ahimelech was afraid at the meeting. You must know why David's alone. In verse two, and David said unto Ahimelech the priest, the king hath commanded me a business. So David's lying. The king is Saul. He says he's there on the king's business, and has saith unto me, Let no man know anything of the business whereabout I send thee, and what I have commanded thee, and I have appointed my servants to such and such a place. So. David lies to be able to uh, hide from Saul. He he lies to the priest, so the priest will let him in and uh, suffer no no backlash for it. And so we go to verse number three. He said so. Basically, he tells him that I'm on business of the priest. I'm, I'm or the king. I'm doing the king's business. Now therefore, what is under thine hand? Give me five loaves of bread in mine hand, or what there is present. So David's hungry. David wants bread. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread under mine hand, but there is hallowed bread. If the young men have kept themselves at least from women. So this would be the showbread that's described in Exodus 25 and 30 that would be used in temple services. So the priest says, I don't just have any old bread. I've got bread that's being used for the temple services. And he said unto him, of a truth, women have been kept from us for about three days. So there's been a three-day purification process since they've been with women. Since I came out, the vessels of the young men are holy and the bread is in a manner common, yea, though it were sanctified this day in the vessel. So the priest gave him hollowed bread, for there was no bread there, but the show bread that was taken from before the Lord to put hot bread in the day when it was taken away. Now, the Israelites, they were out of the will of God, okay? Um, and hollowed bread from disobedient children would bring no honor to him. And so the showbread was a type of God, our provider. David 
is has a heart right with God. We know this. David is a man after God's own heart, and he's in need, and his need was met. And we won't reference it here to by turning there, but I will give you uh, Matthew 12, verses 1 and 8. Jesus references this occasion because you, you remember the Pharisees and the Sadducees were trying to give Jesus a fit over his disciples eating with unwashing hands and just every little thing they wanted to nitpick Jesus to death with. And he he references this situation. And so the reality is that this was for temple services. This was not for folks to just come by, but David has a need. His men have a need. They are starving. They're hungry. And lo and behold, God knows how to provide. God always provides for his people who have a heart for him and are in the will of God. So, verse number uh, verse number 8, verse number, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, verse number, yes, yeah, 7, verse 7. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord, and his name was Doeg, an Edomite, and the chiefest of the herdmen that belonged to Saul. And David said unto Ahimelech, And is there not any under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. So we find here that Doeg the Edomite, who is appointed by Saul, naturally he is in the service of attempting to kill David himself. He comes into this, this area of the tabernacle. And as he comes in, David begins to look around and he says, I need a sword, I need a spear. He says, the, the business that the king sent me on didn't require a weapon, but I, I need one. Okay? So he's he's spinning this thing. He's 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 afraid. And so he says, I brought my sword nor my weapons with me because the king's business required haste. In other words, I had to get out of there quick, and I essentially forgot my weapon. I forgot my sword. I forgot uh what I would need to possibly go to battle with. And the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If that will take that, take it, for there is no other that save thee here. And David said, There is none like that. Give it me. So, just like God, David runs in. He's hungry, starving. He's a fugitive of justice. He is fleeing from Saul attempting to take his life, and lo and behold, God is providing the showbread that he may eat. And then there is the enemy. There is a servant of Saul. And of course, if he sees him, he's going to kill him. And guess what? He asks for a sword or a spear, just anything. And you know what God provides? He provides him with a weapon of his past, of his greatest victory that he might go forward. How many times does that happen? We're at this place of fear. We're at this place of not knowing what to do or where to turn or what the answer is. And we feel like we've got no fight left in us and nothing to fight with. And the God of heaven reminds us of 
the greatest victories that we've experienced in the past so that we might experience a little bit of victory in the situation that we're in today. That's what God does for David. And so David answers, and the priest said, the sword of Goliath the Philistine, this is verse 9, the sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If thou wilt take that, take it, for there is no other save that here. David said, there is none like that. Give it me. He said, there ain't nothing else in this world like that one. I know what that's about. And David arose, and he fled that day for fear of Saul. And he went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish, and unto him, is said, is not this David, the king of the land? They did not sing any one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David is ten thousands. Notice how that's always brought up. And David laid up these words in his heart, and he was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So Achish recognizes him. David's afraid. This is what's so sad. And he changed his behavior before them. Changed his behavior. He's not solid. He's not confident. He's not steadfast. He's not acting like the same man that stepped out into the valley of Elah to defeat the giant. The fear, the worry, the fleeing, the hurt, the pain, it's getting to David. It's, it's, it's starting to overtake David. It's about to get to be the most of David. And the Bible says here, and David laid up these words in his heart, he was sore afraid. So when he becomes afraid, he changes his behavior. Verse 13, before them, and feigned himself mad in their hands. And he scrabbled on the doors of the gate, and his spittle fell down upon his beard. So David is acting like a madman. He's scrabbling on the doors, and spit's falling on his beard. And then said Achish unto his servants, Lo, see, you see the man is mad. Wherefore then have you brought him to me? Have I need of madmen that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house. Psalm 34. Psalm 34. So let me bring you up to date on what's going on in reality and application. David is on the flee. He's on the run. He comes to the priest, Ahimelech. And as he comes to Ahimelech, he's starving. He's hungry. He asked for bread to eat, and there's no bread but to show bread, but that's God providing. He has no sword to put in his hand to fight with, but God provides that as well through the, the sword that he won in, a, in his greatest victory, in his toughest battle. But then it just all gets to be too much for David. Has it ever all been too much for you? Have you ever gotten to the place where you just felt completely overcome and overwhelmed? To the place that you changed your behavior. That's what David does. David, the Bible says, changed his behavior before Himalek. Let's see what God does for David in this instance. Because when we get to the next chapter, he's going to find himself in great victory. He's going to find himself 
as a newfound leader in Israel. So what happens in between chapter 21 and chapter 22? We'll cover chapter 22 at next podcast. But something great happens in between these two chapters and it is the pinning or it's what occurs in Psalm 34 that leads to the pinning of Psalm 34. Psalm 34, look at this superscription. A Psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Ahimelech who drove him away and he departed. So what you need to know so as we open this or start this is in 1 Samuel 22, David will find himself in a great victory immediately after this very low place in chapter 21. So what led to it? Psalm 34 gives us the, gives us the details. David comes to this place as he's praying, I will bless the Lord at all times. That's a good start. As he's overwhelmed, as he's overcome, as he's fearful, as he's tired, as he's hungry, as he feels like he's got no fight left in him and nothing to fight with, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will praise him no matter what. No matter if I'm afraid, if I'm hungry, if I'm alone, if I've got no sword, no spear. If I die tomorrow, David can die tomorrow. He can die today, but I'm going to praise him. He says, not only am I going to praise him, he says, or bless him, he says, his praise shall continually, that's always, be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. He said, I tell you what my soul's going to boast in. It's going to be in the Lord. And then he says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. He says, Others, let's do it together. He said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. In verse 8 he says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord. He was afraid of him, or he was afraid of Doeg the Edomite. He's afraid of Saul, but now in his positivity, in his place of victory. He is beginning to praise God and he says, I'll tell you who we ought to fear. We ought to fear the Lord, not man. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Do you see that? What did David enter into that area wanting? He wanted bread. He wanted a sword. But he come out and said, I have no want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And then he says here in uh, verse number uh, 10, the young lions do lack and they suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. He said, if you seek the Lord, you'll never be left in want in your life. The Bible says, come ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. I will teach this to you. 
I'm looking at what I've went through and what I've faced and, and my suffering. I'm looking at it as a learning experience. Now watch. The Bible says, What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? That's what I want. I want to desire life. I want to see good days. I want to have good days. This is such a great chapter here that the Apostle Peter will repeat it himself as he's penning his epistles. And here's how we're going to have good days. Do you want to have good days? Because right now David's not having many good days. And sometimes I feel like I'm not having many good days. The first thing that he says is keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Watch your mouth. Watch what you say. Watch the negativity. Guile refers to bitterness. Watch what you say, he says. Depart from evil. And don't just depart from evil, but depart from evil and do good. Seek peace. To seek peace is to go after peace. It's to want peace. It's to desire peace. Not just to seek peace. Look with me. Depart from evil, do good, seek peace, and pursue peace. The You know, to, to, to want peace and to pursue peace are two different things. If you pursue peace, that means you're going to go after it. You're going to make that your priority. You're going to make that the top thing that you're, you're wanting, to pursue peace. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and His ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off remembrance of them from the earth. So you got the eyes of the Lord, they're on the righteous, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. The Lord is near to those that have a broken heart. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all of his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked. And they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. So what what is this? David finds great victory, and he does so in the penning of this psalm. And so many wonderful verses that tell us how to desire life. And the biggest thing is, is he is determined to not be like Saul. Saul is wicked. Saul is is cunning. He is divisive. He is jealous. He is a he is not a good man. He is a man that is uh, is seeking the life of David. He is a man that wants to hurt David. And David is saying, "Look, if I'm going to enjoy my life and I'm going to have a good life and I'm going to have blessings and I'm going to have good days, then I cannot lower myself to." the standard of what Saul is. I've got to rise above and beyond that. And I've got to do and be better myself. That's what David's talking about here. And you know, that's the way to have good days. Let the evil do what they're going to do. Let let evil people do as as they're going to do. They're always going to do, do what they're going to. But we can't return the same hate and the same 
vitriol and the same anger. We've got to speak peace, but not just speak peace. We've got to pursue peace. We've got to go after peace. We've got to want peace. We've got to be peace seekers. And you know, I've, I've got a lot of desires, needs, things I want in my life. But perhaps above and beyond anything, it's just peace. I don't want to fight. I don't want to argue. I don't want to go to church and fight and argue. I don't want to live fighting and arguing. I want peace in my life, my home, my relationships, and my church. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is what David and how David finds great victory. It starts with tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. So how do we gain victory in these difficult, hard times? Taste and see that the Lord, He is good. He is the provider. He is the God of all. I hope you've enjoyed podcast. Have a great week, and I will see you Wednesday. I love each of you. Good night.